0: You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Hey, man, were you listening to Tim and David on the Tech Fan Podcast, man? Yeah, man, I heard about them in the lockup, man. It's on techfanpodcast.com,
1: man. Oh, yeah, and it's on the Stoplight Network, too, man. That's really far out, man. I didn't even know you were into that stuff, man. Yeah, I'm, like, really a geek, man. I've raised my awareness just from being on their site, man. Well, that's heavy, man. What was the website again? It's techfanpodcast.com, man. And don't forget about the Stoplight Network.
0: And it is tech fan number 215. I'm Tim Robertson, back here, and uh, David Cohen, who did a solo show last week, edited on the iPad. Oh, I just realized we've got an air show going on here in town, so you're (laughs) going to hear uh, airplanes occasionally. One just kind of went over the house. That was a biplane. There's an F-22. That's probably going to be buzzing eventually, but probably not during the show.
1: It's probably going to be a bit louder. Yeah. Is Is that the one that can't dogfight?
0: Um I don't know. There
1: was there was a report this week and no and it wasn't the F22 it was I think it was the F35 the the new one. Really expensive new one. And apparently they were testing it against an F16 and the F16 had drop tanks and things on that kind of should ruin the performance and uh it frequently smokes the F35 in dogfighting. Yeah. Yeah, there's money well spent. <laughs> you by, by the way you can get five f-16s for the cost of one
0: f-35 that's, that's about right yeah i mean i've got f-16s been around forever i've got one in the backyard you know?
1: yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. yeah yeah it was my kids first playing the f-16 hmm.
0: speaking of uh being loud i noticed on your last episode that you did solo 214 yeah while you were really hot on the mic yeah See, that's I- the problem when you when you edit on the ipad i don't think you don't have the fine control because the, the music volume, the entry intro, was at a decent volume. And I had, you know, my radio in the car turned up to listen to that. And then you came in and it just blew my speakers out. I was like, whoa.
1: <laughs> I apologize for anybody's speakers I blew. Um, I think actually what I did is just before I finished editing, I, I started tinkering the compression settings. Yeah. And I think I might have done it there. Yeah, that
0: sounds There's about certainly- right. See, what I for those who don't know, David and I obviously are talking over Skype. Now, I'm recording myself directly into GarageBand through my XLR mic, and I'm, and that is going through uh, a little USB box, basically. Well, I'm also pulling the sound out of my computer, which obviously, in this case, is Skype, and I'm going back into that little breakout box. It's a mobile pre-USB. And then that sound is going back into the computer. So... Yeah. I've got me on one channel, on this mic, and I've got David on a second channel, which is just the sound coming out of the computer that I'm actually recording in. It sounds a little convoluted, I I agree, but it works. And the nice thing is, I can adjust the volume. So, I export the show as an AIF file, completely uncompressed, it's a huge file. I take that file and I run it through a program called Levelator. So if I get really loud or David gets really loud at any point during this conversation or if I'm a little louder and David's a little softer, Levelator will help fix that. Yeah, so that's a Mac-only problem. If you're editing only on an iPad, you don't have that option.
1: Well, the thing is is that um, I talked on the show I was going to use GarageBand to do this. I abandoned that very quickly. GarageBand on, the, on iPad is terrible for podcasting it it doesn't it doesn't spot any of the things you really need uh it has it does weird things it truncates things to less than 10 minutes um it, it just it just, just really doesn't it's a, it's a great music program on the ipad it's terrible for podcasting yeah so i had to switch to uh another program i have called aurea a-u-r-i-a which is a very very functional um digital audio workstation app i mean it's 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 way above what GarageBand on the on the Mac is like. It's it's much more like logic. So, um the problem is it's extremely complicated and I've never done this in this program before. So um I believe I did spot somewhere a normalized function which would have done what levelator does, but I forgot to use it. Um and uh, as I said with the compression it when you when you go into compression, uh, I used a preset but it basically it applied um singing vocal presets to my voice and it sounded okay the ipad but i agree with you when i actually had the show heard the show downloaded and played in the car i had the same problem so apologies for that if i if i do it that way again i will uh i will try and fix that
0: well the neat thing about podcasting is like i've said many many times there's no rules number one and number two it's ex- it's an experiment still so we try yeah. different things occasionally but um I, I, you know, as good as the iOS is and the apps that are on there, it still just it can't beat the Mac. It just can't. Yeah, I oh, mean, it t-
1: it, yeah, it took me a lot longer to. Obviously, oh, I was learning, it, learning it,
0: went along. It took me a lot longer to do the show. I didn't want to done yeah, on Mac yeah. Absolutely, you know, yeah. Guy Searle was talking about uh, just recently at Macstock, I believe, talking about recording the MyMac podcast on iOS only at a MacWorld and that it can be done except it really can't be done because you can't upload the file via FTP. He couldn't do the, any of the XML stuff. Um, he could do that. He could actually record the show on iOS and he could edit it on iOS, but that's as far as it goes. I mean, there's yeah, a lot I, more that has to happen for an episode to go live he, and he, iOS he, just yeah. isn't there.
1: He did it a couple of years ago. iOS has actually come along a fair way now. I think a lot of those problems have been solved, but the, you need a lot of tools to do it, and you really need to be kind of quite dedicated and quite, you know, quite. Um, having having gone through the process, I wouldn't choose to do that every week. Well, here's the thing: it's a, you know, it's, a, it's, I mean, a it's a pain. It's much easier on a computer. Well,
0: here's the thing: if you have to do if you have to record the show on an iPhone or an iPad for convenience' sake, that's one thing. But why edit it on the same thing when you have a much better uh, tool in your mac uh, to edit it there and for instance many times especially when i was at mac Worlds, uh i would use a program uh, on my iphone i still have it i keep it on my iphone uh, to this day um called uh let me put on my glasses because i want to get the name right because it's a good app and i've i've talked about it in the past so i you know <laughs> i want to make sure i get the name right um boy, you know what i'm not finding it now drop no Something Vox, Sound Vox, something. Boy, now this is embarrassing. Uh, v O X. Nope, I put V I X. V O X. Drop Vox. DropVox. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I believe it's a free app, or it's like ninety nine cents. When you launch it, David, it has one big red button for record. <laughs> That's it. And yeah. when you're done, you you have to set this up the first time you you use it. You actually tie it in with your Dropbox account. So when I'm done recording, I hit the red button again. It immediately uploads that file to my Dropbox in the cloud. Which of course then yeah. is synced to my Mac or my PC or whatever. And so at Macworlds, I would record on my phone. I didn't have to worry about taking a lot of space up on my phone because it wasn't saving it locally. It does while you're recording it. And then it just it uploads it. And once it's uploaded it deletes its cache and you're good to go. Yeah, It works
1: great. Yeah, the, the, um, the only... Thing I, the only comment I'd say about Dropbox is it records an MP3. Um, I'd no, you could record. set that. You could change. You that. Change it. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. That was quite a neat app.
0: It um, is, and I put I I've got a uh, an XLR microphone and this little adapter cable that I plug into the headphone port on yeah. my Mac, and so I can get really good quality with a decent mic, going into my iPhone, and then I just edit it on my, on my Mac at home or back in the hotel if I happen to be at Macworld or something like that. It's just—it's a brilliant solution. It really is. And you could—you sh- could actually set up a shared Dropbox folder, and have your recordings on your Dropbox going to that folder. And then, if you're at a show, I'm at a show, guys at a show, we're all doing kind of a, a collaboration thing. You guys don't have to worry about getting those files to me. It just automatically yeah. goes into this box, this Dropbox folder, and it—there it is. Well, yes, it's, it's brilliant. Quite neat. I might uh, pick up a copy of that. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't cost. Like I said, I think it's free to be honest.
1: Uh, I'm I'm looking on their website now. I think it's it's 1.99 for the that latest. Dollar, yeah, so it's nothing. 1.99, and you know, that's
0: nothing. Yeah, talking to about nothing. The city of Chicago <laughs> has enjoyed nothing for a long time, and in that, I mean, <laughs> entertainment that you digitally download was not taxed because who the hell would tax a digital download well congratulations chicago you're the first country or first city in the united states to decide oh you're using netflix in the city of chicago we're going to tax that oh you're subscribed to spotify we're going to tax that oh you're downloading music in itunes we're going to tax that this is congratulations chicago congratulations
1: yep. This is uh look well, I understand Chicago like many uh US cities has a has a budget problem right now. Um I don't
0: believe this is a
1: particularly great way to solve it. Well, I, you're I, you're taxing the people
0: it's... who have influence. Well, uh, the, and, the, and and the diff- <laughs>
1: Yeah, the difficulty is you you you're taxing fun. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's really, I mean look the, Taxes need to be raised. I understand that. I, I also understand that in the U.S. tax is a dirty word. But at the end of the day, things need to be paid for.
0: Well, look, I'm uh, a liberal. I'm a Democrat um, in some respects. I, I agree that we have to share the burden of society, and the way to do that is through taxation, unfortunately. Okay. Nobody likes to pay taxes. It sucks. But this is not what you do. You don't go after the the most influential entertainment type of tax user because guess what? They can afford lawyers, and guess what? This taxation breaks like three federal laws, and two of them are state laws. So there's five laws right there that this tax is breaking. It's it's obviously going to get shot down. They're uh, going to lose. Yeah. Why even attempt to do yeah. this? Why Why suffer
1: the bad the bad fallout? Uh. I I mean I I have got to admit I sometimes those of us who don't live in the U.S. we we see a lot of things reported in the U.S. that kind of are fairly yeah, appear to be fairly Crazy twa this this one is is one of the uh, crazy ones i 've seen for a long time oh, yeah, i really you. I read the story and I had to check the date it wasn 't april fool's because i I thought how how could anybody for a start i mean it 's an amusement tax right that 's what it 's called it 's called the amusement tax, and the idea is is that if you da- yeah, if you download something that is amuses you <laughs> over the internet then they've got a right to tax it and the way that apparently they're going to do this is that if you're registered within the Chicago city limits uh, and you have an account with these companies they decide to do that then they will, they will add a tax on that will be levied from the companies and you'll have to pay uh, through, your, uh, through your subscription so uh, for a start what, how do you define what amusement is? What's the difference between downloading uh, a Netflix video and down- and watching a video on YouTube? How, how does what if work? i
0: didn't enjoy it
1: yeah exactly I yeah. <laughs> suppose, suppose you hate everything you watch what how, if, do, what if it's how,
0: educational what if i'm using itunes to download and watch educational uh itunes U content it's not educa it's educational it's not entertainment are you taxing that
1: well what happens if you watch a documentary through netflix well, you Wrong.
0: can you can enjoy a documentary, David. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you probably never have, but I actually enjoy some no, documentaries. No. Are,
1: and... are you kidding me? I live in the UK with the BBC.
0: This <laughs> is all we have to watch. <laughs> <laughs> that and the Office reruns, I know, exactly, and Spaces. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, this is just a, such a bad idea.
1: And you know what, though? I The cynic in me looks at this and thinks, hmm, how might this come about? Okay, so you have city legislature who don't want to raise the – I mean, let's face it, there's no shortage of taxes in in the city of Chicago. But what they don't want to do is raise – the last thing they want to see is a headline in the Chicago Sun-Times saying uh, «City raises corporation taxes. City raises property taxes» they don't want to see that so they think okay well, instead of doing that we'll we'll slide in a new tax that we think will bring money in uh, and then well, what do we do with that all of a sudden then there's a little voice in their ear the lobbyist voice in their ear going hmm yeah here's me from comcast um i don't like netflix much uh they they undercut my cable business um why, why don't you why don't you tax them give me
0: a bit of a leg up yep yeah, you, gotta no, wonder.
1: I, I, you have to wonder. I'm not saying that's what's happened. I have no evidence for that. Well, if it was
0: Philadelphia, that. I would say that's your spot on, because that's where Comcast is based You know what I mean? I do, I do. And... It's,
1: it's very much smacks of, of, of lobbying to yep. get political influence rather than something, because it's so wrong-headed, you kind of think... Um, yeah, so uh, I'll be glad to see the back of this one.
0: Yeah, and, and this will be repealed. This will be... Proven to be illegal on many counts, and but it's going to take a year. So for a year, they're going to collect collect this money, and even if they lose, you know the the government, uh, the courts are not going to order them to give refunds to everyone. <laughs> you know it's, it, it what a slimy thing to do. Congratulations, Chicago. You know you have this history of being a very corrupt city, and yeah. I worked in the city city of Chicago for three and a half years. So yeah. congratulations, you just keep proving it. Yeah, it's, right. it's so Our frustrating. Must
1: be clapping in his grave.
0: You know, there's some c- terrific businesses. The city of, the, of Chicago itself is a fantastic city to visit and and yeah. shop. And I just spent basically three days in Chicago, as you know. I did a show. I I, I was at Tech Week, yeah. and I was in the heart of Chicago, walking around and talking to pe- great people. Yeah. I, and yet, this stupid crap happens. That's they not- they They've got the Illinois, well, the city of Chicago, I believe, has two mayors that are in prison. (laughs) Is it mayors or was it senators? I forget now. But it's like, really? Come on. Why do you do this to your own citizens? Because you know they're going to rebel. Of course they do. Yeah. Don't upset the voters. Mm. And you know, here's the thing. Ten years ago, it would have been kind of the influential people only who had these kind of downloadable content entertainment because they're the ones who could have afforded it back then. Yeah. Nowadays, everybody has Netflix. Everybody has a Spotify or an iTunes match or whatever it is. Not iTunes match. The Apple Music. Apple Music. You know, everybody's downloading content. And what about YouTube? Are yep. they going to tax YouTube?
1: What about this show?
0: The well there Chicago you go have to pay for this? they will it, it, because it's being downloaded most of the people it, it's being downloaded in the city you're gonna yeah. have to pay a nine percent tax i don't know uh, but we don't charge for the show so i don't no, know how no, they I, and,
1: uh, and admittedly we're probably not that entertaining but
0: <laughs> No well or nor educational <laughs> so, so you're probably safe with tag fan um <laughs> but guy and gas are screwed
1: Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> three, geeky oh, boy, yeah. Guys,
0: three Geeky Ladies? Oh, boy, you guys. They're going to have the Three Geeky Ladies. You, I think they can double that one.
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh,
0: man. <clears throat> but, I don't know. It's, it's, just, it's mind-bogglingly stupid. It's stupidity. Yeah. Uh, anyways, let's move on to some other subjects, David. So,
1: you mentioned Apple Music just then. So, have you used Apple Music at all?
0: I do. I have it. Um... The think? the UI is a hot mess. I mean, I don't know why Apple has such a problem with software design nowadays. It, it really does seem to be going backwards. Um, it's a hot mess, David. It just is. It, it, I, 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 I pick a, a playlist. One of the ones that they have, their little radio station playlist things, right? And I hit play, and the only controls I could find are super tiny on the screen. It took me an hour to figure out, oh, if I swipe up, I have my traditional music player controls, pause, backwards, forwards. It, yeah, but it doesn't I, default to that.
1: Are you? I agree. I, I think... I th- in much in the same way, there are some things on the Apple Watch which are non-intuitive, and somebody has to tell you what to do. Um, the Apple Music app has the same problem in that you had to basically say, "Well, I wonder if I press here, whether something will change." Oh, look, it's gone full screen. Now I can control it like it's a normal playing piece of music. It's um, it's a little bit odd like that. Um, and also it 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 uses terms that sound very very similar but aren't. Yeah. So when when you start looking at at playlists for instance oh, I want to add some music to a new playlist I tried to do this the other day And I found it very difficult to actually do it And I was getting confused between a playlist And a, a station And a um, You know kind of a, a selection and, and there's all these different things All of them sounded vaguely similar to what I really wanted to do um, And uh, I found that A little bit a little bit odd But I, I think part of the problem Is it's doing so much In, yeah. in one app um, and particularly on the iPhone screen, there's not a lot of screen real estate to do that. But I have to say, as a service, I mean, I've been using Spotify for a couple of months, so um, I can sort of can compare and contrast, really. I, I think it works pretty well. It certainly has less technical problems than I've had with Spotify so far.
0: You know, it's so new, David. I really hasn't, haven't spent enough time with it, to be honest. I, I probably listen to... Maybe three different channels. I, I don't know. It's just a hot mess. The UI is this. Every time I launch it, and I think, okay, I'm going to kind of delve into this. Mm-hmm. I, I just go, ugh, no. I, this well, is just- I, yeah,
1: I think you've got to remember it, it. It's brand new. It's been put together relatively quickly. It will get better over time. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm not necessarily expecting them to to be perfect out of the gate. Um, I and I, you know, I, I accept what you mean in that in that their software design is. A
0: little bit off kilter at the moment. Yeah, it's, you know, but they've done things and they've been doing things for a while that I don't get. So I'm on my iPhone. This is previous to Apple Music, right? Mm. And I'm listening to, I'm in my songs view. And I'm holding the phone vertical. And then I move the phone horizontal and it goes to this album view. Which is the worst view ever for any music app. Now my whole screen is filled with tiny little album artworks. It's the dumbest view ever. It, it's, it's horrible. And, and it's still there. I, I, don't, I just don't understand Apple's dropping the ball left and right on their UI. It, it's, some things oh. are brilliant and some things are just confoundingly bad. But and you I, I think, think, is, is think there nobody?
1: Always, I think it's always been like that, in the, in, particularly in the music area. iTunes has been a mess for years, and it, it, they keep on bolting things onto it and fiddling around with it when the whole thing needs, a, you know, from the ground up, rewrite and rethink conceptually, and they won't do that. Well, here's David.
0: i, th- I got to give you thanks here yeah, because I was very frustrated with – Uh, different video formats and and converting things and it messes up my movies and the audio (laughs) doesn't sync with the video correctly and and trying to find things and it was just a hot mess. I was getting so burned out of it but I had invested a lot of time in in putting the correct tags into music and movies and what have you, TV shows. I got to give you props here because ever since I started using Plex I will never go back to using iTunes as a full-time thing. Yeah? No, I agree. It's I- so much better than iTunes. Streaming? Yeah. Oh, my God. Now, and I'll give you a prime example. Last night, my wife and I, I won't tell you how I got it, but we have season two of Amazing Race Canada. Right. It's never been broadcast in the United States, as far as I know. And I've got HD quality, so it, it, this is, together, my wife and I like this show a lot, Amazing Race. We always have. And, oh, look, here's a whole season from another country that we've never seen. Cool. And it's in iTunes. That's where I've got it stored. And I don't have a Plex player outside the PS3 on the main TV in the living room. I'm going to rectify that by getting another uh, Amazon Fire Stick, though. Yeah. And so I was watching it through my Apple TV in the living room last night. We watched two episodes. Now, it looks brilliant. Don't get me wrong but just navigating to it and and stopping and starting and oh it was just a hot mess mm. because i'm getting used to plex now especially on a computer on a computer uh you you install the pre- the plex media server and if you actually want to watch movies you do it through a browser mm-hmm. and it's so much better it's it's easier to search and play and it's it's a superior product and i would have known about it if it wasn't for you i mean i knew about it Tangentially, is that a word? That's how tangentially, yes. Tangentially, yeah. Thank you. Um, But you know, you talking about it kind of piqued my curiosity. So, if anybody out there is listening, and you're frustrated being locked into iTunes, you're just not happy with it. Do what I did. Listen to David Cohen. Give Plex a try. I guarantee you, you're gonna like it. Yep, it is so much better, David. It's a great app. Thank you. They they paying us? Yeah. our new sponsor this week, uh, surprisingly, no. Uh, it's a great. It's it's a great service. It's free. I'm seriously considering paying for it, David, simply because I enjoy it so much.
1: Yeah, well, that, uh, that's always a good measure. Um, you know, it's uh, and actually on that point, something else that I that I saw today that that I thought, so far, I'm going to pay for that because it's such a great service, and I think they deserve the money. Um, this this isn't the show notes. This is coming out of the left field. Touch Arcade. Oh yeah, you, you read Touch arcade. I do occasionally. Yeah. I, I'm I'm reading it less and less to be honest. Right. Well, if, if I, it's one of the few iOS only gaming review sites still going, and I think they do a great job, I really do. Um, just even if you don't read all their content, the fact that they keep abreast of what's new in the App Store every week. They do reporting. Um, yeah, they do. They do features and stuff as well. You know, it's a great website. Now, um, they found that. Since the whole free to play thing came out, um, most game publishers don't do banner ads anymore. They kind of do these big in kind of they either advertise inside games or they do pro- cross promotional events where they'll release one game and then publish to others and that sort of thing. Their advertising revenue has dropped through the floor,
0: and so um, it has their revenue itself. They're they're not they're not doing well. They they haven't yeah, realizing they haven't realized yet that going this route is causing them to lose a lot of money. They'll figure yeah. it out eventually, but yeah. so so um Touch Arcade is is just not
1: is not it's not keeping itself going with advertising. And so they're running a Patreon at the moment. So if you if you read Touch Arcade on a regular basis um or even an infrequent basis, just because I I'd, I'd hate to see a site like that go under for lack of revenue. Go over to their website, go up to the Patreon, and just sign up for a, a dollar a month or something like that. Because you know what, it's worth a dollar a month. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if you only read it frequently, it's worth a dollar a month.
0: So uh well, you know, about that's what I'm gonna do. I, I, I've if money was an issue, I'd have At Minute up and running and it would be somewhat similar to Touch Arcade. Um, yeah. but money is an issue and there sits At Minute doing nothing.
1: Mm.
0: You know, it was uh based around a podcast for a long time but a podcast of at minute was only supposed to be one component of it the other part was going to be uh reviews news all that kind of thing but you know the revenue's just not there to do it so there it languishes and i keep renewing the url every year and i keep thinking ah you know what, I just i should just let this expire since you know i'm not getting anything out of it it's costing me money but yeah, i don't know I still think it's a good name. <laughs> yeah, maybe one day, maybe one day. So I do what, want to go ahead if you weren't done. Just
1: just just before we move on from the Apple Music one thing I want to highlight um this is something I found and um not something I realized but um the, if you there's a there's kind of a mismatch between iTunes Match and, and Apple Music. If you subscribe to Apple Music, you kind of get the same functionality as iTunes Match in that all of your local music will be replicated to the cloud and available on all your devices. But what's the difference between um, Apple I, I, Apple Music and iTunes Match is first of all the price. iTunes Match is only twenty two dollars a year, whereas Apple Music is ten dollars a month. Um, but also, the other thing is that if you use Apple Music, any files you download from the cloud will be the iTunes DRM copy, yep. not DRM free. And so, some people, you know, they they, look, they get a bit cloud happy and they say, I don't need all my local copies of my music anymore. And they delete it all. And well, I've that's how Apple
0: is advertising it. <laughs> yeah.
1: But don't do that because then if you delete, your, particularly if it's songs you've ripped yourself. Um, you'll end up with DR inversions, and you may not
0: want that. Yeah, Apple's so going to we'll fix that. that. This is I, an issue right I, now. No, it's going to be sure, fixed. I'm
1: sure it's the implementation bug. It, it's, yeah, yeah,
0: it's it's getting way too much press. Apple will fix that pretty soon, I think. Um, something else I want to thank you for, David. Uh, did ha, Have we talked since I, I went to MacStock? I can't remember. No, you haven't, no. Okay.
1: Cause, yeah, because you weren't here last week.
0: Um, yeah, but wasn't MacStock the week before?
1: Yeah, but, the, but you weren't there that week either.
0: I was so, it, yeah, okay, uh, so Mac Stock happened uh great event, uh finally got to meet uh Gaz, yeah, and uh- you know, every, i almost everybody else I kind of already knew, uh but Gaz was one I hadn't met in person yet, so that was great to meet him uh and his ugly vest <laughs> <laughs> but you had sent uh, and we did talk about this yeah. uh, you had sent a keyboard along with uh, Don McAllister, who then gave it to Gaz, who then transported it over the Atlantic to me. And uh, so it's my Apple Extended 2 keyboard that you picked up. By the way, thank you very much. I'm using it right now. And uh, I forgot how much I really do enjoy this keyboard. It's great, isn't it? It is. I think this is uh, a European one, though. It's different than... Oh, it probably is, yeah. Yeah.
1: I put it over here,
0: but uh, and the cap lock key doesn't work. But that's okay. I could just hold down the shift if I need to cap and all text and yell at someone. Um, <laughs> uh, but I really, really uh, like this. I went out to eBay and I picked up the Griffin iMate because you're gonna, you have to have that. Yeah. And I know I've got an S video cable somewhere in this house, but I couldn't find one, so I had to go out and spend like twenty bucks for a six foot. I think it was fifteen bucks for a six foot S video cable, so I can hook it up to my Mac. But it works. Brilliantly, The F keys don't work. They don't do anything. Mm. Um, and I can't find anything online that someone's using this and having F key issues. So I I'll went to, and... I'll don-
1: tr- yeah, I'll have to try mine. I, I've, not, I've not really tried using them. I, I'm pretty sure they don't do anything on mine either.
0: Well, yeah, and the big thing, honestly, the only thing I really use my F keys for is to control the volume of my Mac. Yeah. I, I use that all the time. So I did a little bit of research. Uh, I saw there was some good reviews. So I downloaded and installed Better Touch Tool. And, I ha- and it allows you to map your F keys. It does a lot more than that, but for, it gives you more options for your touchpad on your okay. your laptop. Uh, but all I really am using it for is to remap my F keys to do an action that I want it to do. And it's very comprehensive app, i, I got to say. Um I believe it was free or it was really cheap, but I'm pretty sure it was free. I love this tool. Um, And so with the volume keys, it was always like uh, F10, 11, excuse me, to F10, 11, and 12 to control your volume, which I didn't like because I use it so often. I made it my F1, 2, and 3 key. So F1 Mm -hmm. mutes it, F2 goes down in volume, which is usually what I have to do. (laughs) Something will start blaring at me like, ah, And F3 raises my volume. But it's a great app. It allowed me to map my F keys. I know there's a lot of apps that you can do that with. And I know I could actually do it um, by going in uh, Unix and and, and that route. But eh, I I want something simple, something that I could turn on and off. When you reboot the map, it doesn't work. So I've got mine to auto-launch at startup. Mm -hmm. It works great. So if anybody out there has has a different Keyboard on their Mac, and the F keys don't work. Look at Better Touch Tool. It's uh, I'm gonna put it in the show notes. Better Touch Tool, and I spelled touch. I put it with a Y. That's kind of nice. Yeah, Um, and and it is free. Yeah.
1: Um, they have an iOS companion app that lets you control it with your iPhone or your iPad, and that's that's also free but you can unlock all its features with a in-app purchase so that's that's how your revenue generates on this
0: yeah i I might do that and and just do that simply because and again if you're going to use something a lot and there's some kind of a a free version and a pro version if you use it a lot just get the pro version yeah. Unless unless you become disenchanted with them and you still want the free stuff like me and Evernote, I'm not happy with Evernote. So so <laughs> use it, but uh, they're not getting no, no, my money.
1: The difference difference of that is that's a subscription, and if you change your view on the service of the company, then you've got the right to cancel your subscription. There's nothing nothing wrong with that. But uh, I know some people say, and I, I heard um, uh, Dave Sparks say this once. He's um, he's one of the guys who. Who I met at Macworld a few years ago, who does um, a lot of podcasts and uh-huh, uh, yeah. online stuff, anyway, he said uh, he, yeah he said uh, well for people who complain about spending six ten dollars on a on an app for the Mac or the iPad or something like that it 's like you know if it, if it, if the app saves you even a few minutes of time yeah, suppose, suppose in the whole life of the app, it saves you half an hour of time if you 're on your deathbed and somebody said, if you give me ten dollars i 'll let you live for a further half an hour. Would you go yes, most people would."
0: Depends how much pain I'm in, to be honest. <laughs> if I, if it's like how I feel right now, and it's like you're going to die in a half hour or give me six bucks and you can live for another half, well, I'll give you six bucks. Exactly. Um, let's take a quick break, David, and uh, we got a lot more to cover. We'll be right back. And then I'm moving my whole base of operations to Universal Studios. Old guys wandering around. I just can't imagine what could possibly, possibly go wrong. <laughs> We're watching you too. Yeah, we're the clueless hosts of the MyMac podcast. Thank you so very, very much for downloading the MyMac dot com podcast. We really, really do appreciate it. <sighs> Tell me about it. <laughs> people like us.
1: Apparently, people like to respond on Facebook to hairy Bull guys who said stupid things. <clears throat> <clears throat> That's not bad for
0: why don't you bring us in? Back here, Tech Fan Two Fifteen. I'm Tim Robertson. He's David Cohen. We love your feedback, and we've got a really long letter that uh, we're going to read from Neil Wharton, longtime listener uh, and a friend on uh, Facebook and Twitter. And Neil's been listening to our stuff for years, even going way back to the MyMac days. And um, we love feedback. The easiest way to send us feedback is the show at techfanpodcast.com. you can send an email right there the show at techfampodcast.com you can follow us on twitter and facebook and it's Podcast on both those social media outlets Uh, or you can simply go to our website techfanpodcast.com, and leave a comment in the show notes Uh, but we'll get to neos here in a little bit because it's it's quite lengthy a couple things i want to talk about and a couple things you wanted to talk about so we're going to start with one of mine, David. Okay. I've got, I, I've mentioned before that I'm part of the Amazon Vine program.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh got new freebie, freebie to review. Uh, a couple actually. Uh, I've got something being delivered today. It's an unlocked Blue Life 8 XL smartphone. So it's an Android smartphone. It's one of these that's actually kind of a inexpensive uh, Android smartphone. It's got a 5.5-inch HD screen, but it's only 720. Right. 720p, so... 8-megapixel eh. uh, camera. Uh, it's it's around $130. It works with, here in the U.S., AT&T, T-Mobile, any GSM network, so it's not going to work with Verizon. Um, 1.4 gigahertz octa-core processor. Android, KitKat. Yeah,
1: yeah this, basically, this is kind of your the sort of thing that i picked up in hong kong a few years ago exactly so you know it's a cheap it's a cheap chinese android phone Mm -hmm. yeah
0: so that's being delivered today i'll be honest i'm kind of looking forward to it i don't know how i'm going to activate it i think i might go pick up one of those 50 dollars prepaid cards at AT at&t yeah so you don't sign up for a contract you just give them money here's the card and it works for this amount of time and then you have to come and put more money on it if you want to continue to use it and I'll just hook it up to my Wi-Fi. I won't even bother with data. Um, yeah. But you know, I'm kind of looking forward to playing with it. It's got the same size screen as my iPhone six plus, and I looked at a review, and it doesn't look too bad. But it does kind of I, that that seven twenty screen kind of well, worries me.
1: Yeah. Look, I mean this is this is like a around about a hundred dollars for an unlocked phone. So uh, with a five
0: and a half inch screen.
1: Yeah. That is, uh, you know, that you're getting a lot of. Even though it may not be a premium device, you get a lot of stuff for your money there. Yep. And if you're on a budget and you can't afford to um, commit to an iPhone or a, a top-end Android phone with a contract and everything like that, you know this is pretty much where it's at. And uh, you know you you're gonna miss that high f- high-res screen side by side, but on day-to-day use, you're gonna manage it perfectly fine. We didn't have Retina screens for, for an awful long time, and nobody was complaining about how terrible they were.
0: Yeah, but we—that's uh, like saying you know. Everyone ate this certain food and they were happy with it, but then a better food came out that makes well, the other ones. Yeah, one seem well, like I crap. understand. I mean, I you understand know. that.
1: Yeah, but you know, it's 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 like, uh, yeah, when Lexus came along, it made all the other Toyotas look like crap. But there are plenty of people who drive Toyotas and are perfectly happy with them. Yeah, uh, and they're not all desperate for a Lexus.
0: My my long term idea for this phone, to be honest with you. And if anybody from Amazon is listening and they very well could be because they're actually talking about sending me the new Kindle white as well for review. Um, I would like to give it to my parents. They don't have any kind of internet at home at all. They don't have any kind of smartphone or anything. And I'm thinking, well, you know, this is a prepaid thing. Um, they only have to put money on it when they want to use it. If I show them, you know how to use it correctly, they probably won't eat up all their data really quick. It might be a good way to get my parents on Facebook.
1: Mm. So, yeah, no, I nope. did the I did the same thing with my parents. I gave them a, I bought them a cheap Windows phone, um, and set it up exactly the same way, and they're mm-hmm. very happy with it.
0: I wish that they had at least an internet connection. That way, I could just. It wouldn't even have to be a phone. I could just give it to them. It's unlocked, so they could just use it as a Wi-Fi device. That would be awesome. But in that case, I'd probably just get them like an uh, iPad Mini or iPad Mini, <laughs> not a cheap Android. But I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to getting it. Um, something else that they just sent me uh, about a week ago, I've had it and I've got to do a review on it. Haven't used it a whole lot, but it's a Braven BVR Pro wireless HD Bluetooth speaker that costs $150. Bucks. Um, it's one of these things you can actually buy a a solar panel for it a little solar panel for charging which is Mm kind of neat um but it's one of these kind of rugged take it out with you it's not waterproof but it's water you know resistant um yeah it's more for the active lifestyle people which you know i'm perfect to review that of course Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but i'm only reviewing it from a fidelity standpoint how it sounds and yeah, eh, I gotta be honest. I'm not all that impressed. I gotta play with it a lot more. And, and honestly, yeah. David, I got this the same day Apple Music came out, so I was kind of using Apple Music through it here in the house just to kind of check it out. But eh. yeah, you've
1: got to watch. I found with when I first started using Spotify, I, I was in the car. I thought, wow, this really doesn't sound very good. I wonder if my car stereo is not very good. And then I then I found out there was a setting in Spotify to turn on the uh, the decent download version rather than the crappy ultra compressed version and it sounded much better. Yeah. So uh, there might be a setting like that for Apple Music too.
0: Oh, you know what? I was going to talk about when uh, I was talking about the Apple extended two keyboard. Yeah. Because this keyboard is so big, uh, same as the IBM model M thing that I was using. Um my drawer doesn't pull out far enough. In my desk to get access to all the keys and actually see them so that it's kind of hidden underneath my desk most of the time and I don't pull my drawer out all the way I usually pull it out just enough so my my fingers can just reach the the QWERTY keys at the top that's it so I, I don't even get to the number keys up there and quite often especially when I'm using a new keyboard I actually want to see the keyboard now I don't usually need to look at my keyboard to type anymore but I still like to see it you know what I mean it's probably one of those
1: I, unless you've been i find unless you've been trained as a touch typist, which i haven't been you don't need to consciously look at the keyboard, but you do need to be able to see it because unbeknownst to your conscious mind, you are actually looking at it a little bit when you type yes absolutely um, you know if you actually ever cover it over or try and type under a, uh, like a blanket with a towel you'll find you can't do it because you don't have enough muscle memory to actually know where all the keys are you know mostly where they are but you are constantly checking out looking where your fingers yeah. go even yeah. though you have no memory or awareness that you're doing that most of the time
0: so my problem is I don't want my overhead light on in my office all the time when I'm typing it's just too bright and the keyboard especially when it gets later in the day I, I can't even see the keyboard hardly so I so wanted some should, kind of a those, light.
1: Yeah, you need one of those head torches.
0: Well, what I really need is a, a a keyboard that is lit up. Yeah. Now I bought a cheap IBM keyboard that has backlighting. I've got it on the main cabinet because it's a really crappy keyboard. It costs well, like problem, it costs like fifteen it? bucks, and I can change the colors on it like three different colors: purple, red, and blue. But it's a horrible keyboard. It's just terrible. Yeah. So it's regulated i only use it for like three buttons in my main setup on the arcade and that's it it's fine for that and it actually works kind of good there because you know if i'm playing an arcade game it's usually dark in this room and i can't see the keyboard at all so yeah that's kind of good so i needed some kind of a light that goes from between the bottom of my desk and my keyboard here's the problem david that's not a lot of space. I can't just, you know, buy a, a, an under-cabinet lighting system at Walmart and stick it underneath there. It'd be way too thick. Yeah. Uh, it took me a long time to find the solution. Now, I took a video and I sent this to David. Um, what I found was called, and it's on Amazon, and I'll put a link in the Amazon to the U.S. side. It's called the Super Night color, LED Color Changing Kit with Flexible Strip. Now, this is a very... It's barely wider than a strip of tape. So, as you know, David, LED lights are very small or can be very small. But the neat thing about this is it comes with the remote. It comes with the power pack. And you can cut the length of the strip to however long you want it. That's That's right. You can cut it. So, the one I got came with a 16.4 feet of, of lighting... I only need it to be, like, a two foot, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I cut it, I plugged it in, and it works great, and it comes with sticky tape on the back. So I simply so stuck I this underneath my desk, plugged it in, it comes with the remote control, and it's so good to go. A,
1: yeah, hang on a minute. So if you cut, uh, so it comes here on a roll. It comes on so a roll,
0: you, Yep. So you, is, you
1: spool some off, you cut it off. How do you actually get power to it, then, once you've cut it?
0: Uh, you power powered the one end of it.
1: Right, so you can't just cut it in the middle.
0: Right. Well, you can. It, it has these marks where you can cut it.
1: Okay, but so, so but one end is always connected to the power supply. Yes. Or, it, or is there something that clamps on and? No, and the, people... one right, okay. one,
0: and actually you can plug it in on either end of the strip, which is kind of okay. nice.
1: So the bit you cut off the end, if it's if you yes. only needed two feet, then you've got thirteen feet of basically wasted.
0: Well, I could buy another power supply for it All if, right, if okay. I wanted to, and, and plug it in through the other end where it has. Uh, uh, the right. power, okay. yeah, yeah. So and it works great though. And the neat thing is, it's color changing. So and and it's it moves the lights do. So it it I can have it red, purple, green, a, a, a pretty good combination of colors. Usually I just turn on all the colors and it has this slightish blue kind of glow to it. I can adjust the intensity of the lights, so you can just barely see it or it's blinding you. Uh, I can have the colors chasing each other around. Um, I can have them kind of a strobe effect. It's kind of neat. Now I'm not going to use it for any of those things, but the kids yeah. loved it. Yeah. But this is used in a lot of casinos and hotels and stuff like that behind mirrors. So you don't actually see it. And it kind of gives that blue effect behind your bathroom mirror. Yeah. This is the thing that does it. I spent 15.99 for this thing, which is to me dirt cheap. It is, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's I'm, that's
1: I'm nothing. Looking at this, I'm thinking, why, why do people go down to Walmart at Christmas time and spend $30 on, you know, rubbishy Christmas tree lights that that break and short out and set the house on fire when you could just
0: have this? Yeah, it's it's. 16 foot. Now, for a Christmas thing, tree, you're going to need, like, two of these, though.
1: Yeah, but the, the thing that does it for me is they, they, they have this touch remote with all the colors on it and everything. It's not like two, three buttons. I mean, there's no. a nice re- it's a I mean, nice I mean, remote. Can, yeah, you can kind of program it exactly what you want. Uh, yes. This is, this is very cool. I I look at this, I, this is the sort of stuff that sometimes people put inside PC cases and things like that Dude, as well.
0: Dude, as you know, I want to eventually when I get a bigger house, if I ever do, I, I want an arcade in my house. Yeah. This would be awesome in an arcade, wouldn't it? Now, I, yeah. show, I, I did this little video right before we started recording and I sent it to David. Uh, so he actually Which saw I, I watched- it.
1: You sent, to, you sent me a message that I watch it on my Apple Watch. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> you know, it's... And you're only seeing the the after effect of it. You're not seeing the actual LEDs. You just see it glowing on top of the keyboard that you sent me. Works great, though. I mean, well, you know, I have this solution in mind. I need some kind of a light that's not going to take any space at all. I need it to stick underneath my desk, and I need it to light up my keyboard. And wouldn't it be cool if I could change the colors? Well, that's there's no way I'm going to ever find anything like that. Five minutes on Amazon, and there it was. Yeah, cool. Flexible strip light with a 44-key IR remote control plus power supply. 16 foot of this, 15.99. Crazy. I'll put a link into the show notes, like I said. If you need some kind of a funky lighting situation here you go and you can buy the connector strips for this so if you need it to go like 30 feet you can just buy two of these buy the connecting strips and you plug in two together you're good to go now I need to find somewhere to put this up in my house I know (laughs) when you see it in action you're like dude that's so cool I want to use that exactly. the the, the only thing only issue I have with this is there's no way to turn on just white at least not that I've found
1: yeah, you can. I'm looking online. You, can, the, I can see versions that are just white. Right. Uh, um. But in fact, I'm seeing one here that. I guess it depends on what, exactly which model you get. Wait a minute. You know, some of them, some of them have uh, have it go all white. Some of them. I mean, really, if you turned on all of the lights, it should be whitish.
0: Yeah. Well, that's what I, I did, but it uh, it's you know I'm seeing the RGB kind of shadows on the the F keys which is kind of cool to be honest but when it's really dark in here I turn the intensity all the way down and I turn it on just red because that's obviously you know uh, red doesn't mess with yeah exactly Uh, and it works great this is a fantastic thing it's amazing some of the things that you can find out there just amazing I had no idea something like this existed
1: now that I thought about it it's like well
0: of course it does I mean I've seen the end result in hotels and casinos and stuff of course this exists but I didn't seeing, think it was so cheap.
1: I'm seeing a tip here. Somebody, somebody here in the... I'm looking at a similar thing on, on Amazon UK because uh, I was finding out how much it is over here because mm. I'm probably going to buy it. Um, somebody says if you want white light, what you can do is you can um, actually cover the strip up with something that's going to reflect the light above where it is. Yep. Uh, and that basically takes the colors out and then you get a white Glow.
0: yeah well you can actually buy these where it's just white. I'm seeing one um on Amazon right now yeah uh, but it, 999 but now this isn't you, the remote yeah. or anything but
1: no, but if you if you put something over it so that so that it's not uh, the the light falling on the keys is not coming straight off the strip but is indirect then it will look much whiter than apparently that you won't get the red green blue yeah it. yeah
0: I'm happy with it i'm I'm real happy with it it it's it's neat looking. If I want to trip people out, I can make the lights chase each other, and it looks really bizarre underneath my desk. <laughs> uh, what do you got, David? You put a couple things in the show notes.
1: Yeah. So um, there was a story that hit hit the net. Um, I think it was yesterday, or maybe the day before. Uh, and I was a bit, I was disappointed with the world, Tim, at the way people are. Welcome to my life. <laughs> so this is a guy in Germany who was. Um, involved in an industrial accident so he was fitting a robot in a car factory uh, and he was inside the safety cage where the robot operates and something went wrong, the thing turned on and pinned him to the wall, crushed his chest and he died and um, ordinarily this would not really, I mean it would make local news or something, this kind of got picked up and, and started trending and the reason it started trending on the social media is because of all the Terminator jokes people were mating, making, making Oh look, the robots are out to kill us! Oh look, this is how it starts. Anyone checked it's connected to whether it's connected to Skynet? Um, and then it got worse because uh, a lady here in the UK, who's a journalist for uh, the Financial Times, happened to tweet a link to this story because it's uh it's a. Oh, sorry. Don't. Don't. <laughs> I'll, I'll get very, very cross with you.
0: Uh, so
1: this, this lady tweeted the link to this story in her in her feed as part of her beat as the um, industry con- correspondent, industrial uh, and manufacturing correspondent for the Financial Times. But her name is Sarah O'Connor. Oh my God! So of course people, are, oh Sarah Connor! Um Anybody who knows the Terminator films will know that one of the main protagonists is called Sarah Connor. Yeah. She's the one the Terminator goes back to try and eliminate the first movie. And uh, you know what? I just i just find the whole thing kind of you know seriously lacking in class yeah it's funny to make jokes and all that sort of thing but people are so busy showing off about how clever they were about drawing termination jokes they stop to think about the fact that some guy died well
0: I I, sarah I died. connor actually said feeling really <laughs> uncomfortable about this inadvertent twitter thing i seem to have kicked off somebody died let's not forget yeah, absolutely um, she when well, she didn't tweet it because her name was
1: Sarah O'Connor she had no idea she apparently she'd never seen any of the Terminator movies she had no idea whatsoever um, yeah a guy died not only that he died in a pretty horrible way yeah Yeah. he's doing his job all of a sudden his chest gets crushed to death
0: 21 years old yeah whole life this in is, front of him
1: this is a guy with a family probably wasn't paid a huge amount of money and everyone's going oh you know, mommy's connected to Skynet it's just, sometimes you just want people to shut the f- you know what I mean?
0: Yep. Yep. I do. You know, there, I, I, there was just a story about this and uh, thankfully nobody made fun of it. A guy went in this is a couple of years ago, but uh, his family just won this lawsuit. Uh, a guy went into this, um, basically a giant oven to clean it and yep. the safety th- precautions didn't work. Someone didn't know he was in there and they turned it on. I had about that. Yeah. And God, what a horrible, horrible way to go. And thankfully, you know, it's nice that the family is compensated, but that... that that, that, that doesn't help. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. the helps, dad is helps. still gone.
1: It helps one-tenth of one percent of a bit. Yeah. It does not bring your loved ones back. No. And, of course, you got to uh,
0: sue them to even get to that point.
1: Yeah, I, you know, it, it's just... There are there are plenty of opportunities in this world to make smart comments on social media and to geek out and and um, make jokes about your favorite uh, sci-fi properties and that sort of thing. This is not the time,
0: no, all the place. You know yeah. what? To, it is the time and place for us feedback.
1: Yeah, sure I'm, I'm getting,
0: I'm getting, become the master of the segue. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. I'm getting pretty good at that. You want to read that? It's really long and. He's British, yeah. and you're British, so... <laughs>
1: so, yeah, Neil is, uh, as as you were saying, he's a, he's a long-time friend of the show. A couple of comments on your last couple of shows and a little story. The MacBook 13-inch Retina... I have to agree with David's comments about the most desirable MacBook. I waited for the latest updates and went for the MacBook Pro 13-inch, upgraded to i7, 1TB SSD, and 16GB of RAM. What a great machine. Super fast, just the right size. With the new trackpad, it's just magical. More on this machine in a moment. So, yeah, I was talking about the um, how I was saying that, that I decided I wouldn't go for the MacBook, but I, the, uh, the kind of super-thin new MacBook, but I probably would upgrade to a 13 inch retina myself. In fact, that's one of the reasons I did the iPad trial last week, because um, I have to sell up my current machine before I can buy my new one, and I may be without a machine for a week or two. So um, so that, that's that's my thinking there, too. Music Match, Neil says. I use Music Match, I think he means, yeah, iTunes Match, uh, which I found to be an excellent service, never really had Any big problems with it and it's great at syncing my playlists, etc. I can log into any of my Macs, they just need to be signed into iTunes Match but not have the main iTunes library, and I have access to all my iTunes music. From here, I can create playlists of any of the music, they also must appear on my iPhone. From the iPhone, I just go to the playlist and hit the cloud icon at the top, and it downloads all the music in the playlist onto the iPhone. No more syncing over USB required. At odd times, I do play the music stream from the service and it just works okay. Just recently, it's got better, as there used to be a little pause at the start of each track as it started to buffer the stream. Now that has completely gone. I'm guessing because of Apple Music coming, they've beefed up the backend servers. Yeah. So I'm getting the advantage of that. The only downside to streaming services is that they presume you, you have all-you-can-eat data on your data contract or have an always-connected device. I do, but my wife doesn't, so we'll struggle with her one gig per month data cap to use a streaming service properly.
0: You know, that's my fear with Apple Music now is how many ignorant people don't realize that this is eating into their data mm-hmm. and they're gonna get this first bill from their cell phone provider and they're gonna see that, you know, they were listening to Beats One, which by the way I'm way too old for. I, I try to listen <laughs> to it. I'm I'm too old, man. These guys are just yeah. like, oh shut up. Um <laughs> I'm too old. Uh, they've been listening to Beats 1 for the whole month. It's really good. They're really digging it. They get their bill, and their bill is an extra you know, $420 because they've gone so far over their data. And people are going to go ballistic, ballistic. And the reason that this is going to happen, and I know it's going to. I- I'm predicting this right now. There's going to be stories a month from now. That Apple Music has caused so many people to have higher cell phone bills. That's
1: right, and it'll be Apple's fault. It'll be Apple's won't be fault, the, absolutely. It won't be the because data be, data provider.
0: Right, because too. there's no warning when you're on your cell phone network to say, "Hey, this is taking up blah blah blah." Uh, oh, it's right, it's it's going to be Apple's fault, and yeah. they're they're going to say it's different than Spotify or. Uh, Pandora or any of the other streaming services because you have to go out, find, and download those apps. So there's a level of awareness. I'm downloading this thing to stream music to me, whereas Apple Music is just built right into the device. You don't think that it's going to incur extra costs.
1: Yeah, I. you know what? I I suspect those stories are already in the word right. processors waiting. They're just waiting to waiting hit. To be published. They're,
0: they're looking okay. to push to to insert the user's name that's complaining and push it live.
1: Anytime. In fact, I, I'm sure a class action lawsuit will be prepared sometime yep. immediately after that as well. But you know what? It, if, unless you think that your cell phone operates on magic, have a think about where the where this stuff's coming from. There
0: you go. All right. <laughs> Let's continue with uh, – by the way, this is uh, – this email from Neil Wharton was titled, My Tim Cook Story. Yeah. Ooh, bearing the lead.
1: Yeah, exactly. As I mentioned earlier, I now have a new MacBook Pro. I've been waiting a while to get it, as I, wand- I was wondering between the 13-inch Air and the 13-inch Retina. So after the recent updates, and with no Retina upgrade to the Air, I decided on the 13-inch Pro. I need it to run macOS and Windows 7 in a VM, so when I attach my telescope to it, I can image using the macOS and drive the telescope with the Windows OS. Telescope manufacturers only seem to do Windows software for their telescopes at the moment. As you probably guessed, Neil is a very big um, astronomy fan. Absolutely. Having chosen the model I wanted, I went to the Apple Store. I knew it was a special order as I wanted everything upgraded from the standard model. But when I last did this with my 11-inch Air, I found they had it in stock in store, even though it was the upgraded version. Unfortunately, this time they did not. Yeah, that would be the terabyte SSD, which I think is a fairly unusual question, Neil. So I asked if I could order it in store and have them contact me when it arrived. The answer was no, so my only option was to order it online. This, however, had a problem, as I found out later in the UK. If you order an item that is not a stock item, you only get two options for delivery: standard home delivery, Monday to Friday daytime, or local UPS drop-off point. Unfortunately, we do not get the option in the UK for an Apple Store uh, for an Apple Store delivery. I did not know that. Now I am at work Monday to Friday, like most people, and the UPS drop-off point is a cigarette and booze shop in a not so lovely area of the city. Mm, you know, so there. I- Having my very expensive Mac delivered there was not an option. I wouldn't have got back to my car before somebody had taken it off me. <laughs> <laughs> so with this problem...
0: With actually, actually, Neil, if you just carry a telescope with you, they'll think you're a badass. They'll leave you alone.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so with this problem of actually how I get the Mac, I decided to email Tim Cook. Wow, he went straight for the nuclear option. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, you know, take to speak to the man at the top. I, I, uh, I admire you for that, Neil. Mm-hmm. I have heard he reads every email, so I thought I would test it. I didn't expect to hear anything back, but I was wrong. In my email, I explained the problem. I said that if I bought the standard model, I could get it from an Apple store and get all the support of the Apple store setting it up, transferring my data. But because I need to spend a lot more money for the upgraded version, I did not get any of these options and get a bad delivery experience too. I think the key line in my email was, this is not the Apple experience I was expecting. Well the next day I got a phone call from a very nice lady from the Irish offices of Apple saying they'd been contacted by Mr Cook's office and they would make sure I get my delivery at a time that works for me. This they certainly did. They told me to order the model I required and email them the order number once the order was placed. We decided that Saturday delivery would work okay for me and this is exactly what they did. A week after my order was placed I received my special order Mac to my home address first thing on a Saturday morning. Great support. An update to this story is that the Apple Watch in the UK can now be ordered online and delivered to an Apple store for collection, unfortunately not for the other non-stock Apple items yet. Wow, that's really cool. That's an amazing story. Well, you know what? just goes to show that um, he does read his email. There <laughs> so you go. Maybe he doesn't want to let it get out too much, otherwise everyone's going to be going. And those guys with a class action lawsuit about their data caps on Yeah. Apple say you give me emailing straight away that we want our money back
0: uh wow. he also put in here uh, one final thing in a recent show Tim mentioned how he preferred the rainbow apple so attached is a photo of the lid of my new mac which by the way I'm going to use for the show notes for this episode uh I do this to all my Macs as part of uh, as part from looking good it also dims the apple logo enough that when I'm using the mac for astronomy, astronomy with a group of people who need dark uh adep- yeah, I don't have no. my I don't have my reading glasses on. It's getting blurry for me. I gotta move back from the screen. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, so I'll finish it off. So when I'm using the Mac for astronomy with a group of people who need dark adapted vision, it also works. Before I had the colour logo I had to put black tape over the logo or a coloured red gel so I did not disturb the other astronomers' vision. That's a good person. Good point about the uh, about the the thing. So so, how's he done this? Uh, is it is has he has he taken the? You remember it you, the top of it? Yeah, the, put the sticker on top of it.
0: Um, okay, okay. There's a couple different ways you can do this, and uh, truth be told, Neil, I I've done the same thing with my 15 uh, inch MacBook Pro. Um, the way I did it. Now, there's you can go and look at some tutorials online. They'll show you how to take apart your screen. You can get some plastic to put uh, where the Apple logo is in the back, and you can change it that way, which, wow, I I would never do that. Not with a brand-new, (laughs) particularly delivered Macbook Pro. (laughs) The dogs are going to bark because uh, I think uh, FedEx is making a delivery. Okay. That's okay. Um, What I did – now, you know how you buy an Apple product. It always comes with those stickers, right? Well, they always did that. Well, they they've done that for years and years. Except, of course, the stickers back in the old days were the colored Apple logos. That's you fine. could still find those on eBay. And here's the thing: it always had two stickers on there—a big Apple logo and a smaller Apple logo. Well, guess what? The smaller Apple logo is exactly the same size as they're using on their MacBooks and MacBook Airs and and I assume the new MacBook. Um, it's the same size, so I've got a couple sheets of these old Apple logos. They still, they're fine. I keep them in a dry, warm place, so they're not going to go bad. I keep them flat. I I peel one of those stickers off, and I put it right over the Apple logo, and it's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Yeah.
1: The um the new MacBook, by the way, doesn't have a doesn't have doesn't light up.
0: It's actually uh, like the back of my iPhone. It's polished. Yeah. So it would be perfect uh, to put uh, one of those colored Apple logos on there. Yeah. Oh, and he says, uh, thanks always for a great show. Hope the Mac barbecue went well. The Mac barbecue with uh, Barry Falk. What Mm -hmm. beautiful house, number one. Uh, Great barbecue. Um, It was a really good time. Chad and I, Chad Perry and I, couldn't stay that long because it started raining and we had a three and a half hour drive ahead of us. Mm Um But we were there for a good, oh, probably an hour, hour and a half. And it was uh, was a great time. The the whole Mac stock thing, if you guys want to hear more about that, go to the My Mac podcast. Guy actually did a podcast from Mac stock. I'm in it for like two seconds. Uh Um, And they also did one from the Mac barbecue, which was just released. I haven't listened to that one yet. And, uh, you know, it was a great event. It was one day. Uh, Next year is going to be longer. It's going to be two days. The company I work for, OWC, was a sponsor of the event. Uh, I had um, I moderated the the, the panel of uh, guests of speakers, uh, it right at you know one o'clock or so, right after lunch. Uh, that was great. That went real well. I got a huge laugh a couple times, and I got to speak to the other podcasters. And uh, you know, Chad and I had a great time. I think everybody that went to the event had a great time. So if all goes according to plan, it's going to be two years next year. I hope that they put the barbecue uh, at the same location as Mac Stock itself. I think they should kind of, not necessarily combine, but at least combine it in one venue. Yeah. And uh, it'll make it a lot easier.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it if, sounds a lot like hap- fun. Yeah, if, if this happens next year, you got to come, David. we we got to figure out a way to get yeah, you there. Yeah,
1: we've got to. We, in fact... Funnily enough, my my wife actually said to me the other day, we're thinking about going to Florida at Christmas time, and she said, well, if we're out there, we should um, go via Chicago and go see Tim on the way back.
0: Absolutely. If you do that, uh, let me know. Absolutely.
1: I will do, most certainly. Um, It'd be nice to do a show sat around the same table, definitely. It would, Um, and if
0: you're going to have your family with you, we could make it a day I could bring the family up, and you know, uh, my wife and your wife can take the kids and go do something while we do a podcast. That'd be fun
1: we'll we'll definitely sort that out. But yeah, I'd, I'd really love to come out uh for this next year. So, it it uh, was
0: um uh, it was definitely different than a Macworld. Number one, you don't have the huge expo show floor. I yeah. mean, the only sh- thing you could really see was the the table that OWC had our stuff on. Yeah. Um uh, which was cool, but it needs to grow. Uh but I don't think it needs to lose the atmosphere. It was definitely it wasn't an apple event, it was a Mac event, and there's a difference yeah. and I met uh quite a few people who have been listening to uh podcasts that I've done over the years that was great uh it it was this a really special event david i you know i as you know and anybody listen to the show for any length of time I do a lot of shows. I go all over the country now here in the u s um doing shows, possibly in the u k and uh, the EU soon as well. Probably Amsterdam.
1: Okay.
0: Um. So I see a lot of shows. And this was a different breed. This was the kind of thing that you could come to and actually relax and have a good time. It doesn't have that, got to rush to the next thing to see the next thing. There's so many things going on that you just can't possibly take it all in. It was, I don't want to say relaxed, but it's the only thing that really makes sense it was just such a a great vibe
1: so i i mean i i guess the difference that i that i kind of assumed it would have is that the sort of shows that you and i go to for work they they have a they're a corporate show they're a, they have a mission and the mission is to sell stuff whereas this wasn't really quite the same as that this was more about celebrating stuff
0: it was um most of the people that were up there uh talking had a like uh Allison Sheridan talked about uh, Audio Hijack Pro. Mm-hmm. Guy Searle talked about buying a Mac. Uh, Dave Hamilton talked about good customer service and how you treat your clients if you 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 know, you do IT. Um, they all brought something different. Me, I kind of brought funny and, and asking the podcasters how they got into podcasting. Eventually, everything was filmed, by the way. Eventually, these will all be put online. Uh, once they are, I'll mention that here on the podcast and put links to it, so you guys can actually see any of the things that happened on the main stage. Well, it wasn't a main stage; it was a stage. Uh, it's just a really cool event, David. And honestly, your presence was felt. Your, your the absence of your presence was felt, especially by me, obviously. But yeah. it, I it just if there's one thing missing, no David Cohen, especially <laughs> with Guy and Gaz there. Yeah. Um, we took a picture me guy gaz and, and and chad so it was the original MyMac podcasters and the current MyMac podcasters and we posted them up on social media i think we sent well i i think it was chad and i chad and i uh texted a picture over to david at one point um <laughs> we're yes we we're, we're, were flipping flipping a, we're we, giving we, we were giving him the bird
1: we were uh, uh, we had a frank exchange of views <laughs>
0: Uh but you know, it's it's fun. It was kinda neat to, to get, you know, four fifths of the MyMac Podcast history together. But it wasn't the same because you weren't there. So well, we gotta get you there.
1: We'll swing it for next year.
0: There you go. So that's gonna be it for Tech Fan this week. Again, we'd love to get feedback from you, the show at techfanpodcast.com. Go to our website, which is of course techfanpodcast.com. Leave a message there. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter. Uh, We're not on the Google communities. Maybe we'll do that eventually. I just, eh, It's not the big of a deal to me. Uh, And, of course, I do another... It's kind of turning into a biweekly show at this point because it just kind of makes more sense. Uh, OWC Radio. I interview very interesting people there. I just had a really... I don't know if you've listened to this, a really crazy interview with a super... I didn't know how I was going to do this interview, David. Mm. This guy runs... Um, he, his name is Mr. Ed. Yeah. He runs the Elephant Emporium or Elephant Museum and Candy Emporium, uh, real close to, uh, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania.
1: It's very, it's very, very interesting.
0: 79 yeah. years old and he's not big into tech. So I thought, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know what I'm going to talk to him about because it's kind of a, not necessarily tech heavy show, but I, I he's completely out of the norm of somebody that I would usually interview. And I got to him through uh, another guest. And so... It was a fun interview talking to this guy. And I got to be honest, David, the audio quality isn't the greatest. And something happens to my mic halfway through the episode. Yeah, I know.
1: <laughs> I'm sat there thinking, I hope he doesn't complain too much about me doing it on an iPad. He hasn't heard his own show. No,
0: I don't know what happened. It, I, actually, <laughs> I do know what happened. It was a pair of Bluetooth headphones that was sitting right underneath the laptop that I didn't notice. And uh-huh. I didn't notice it was bad until after it was live. And I was oh, like, yes, no, there's nothing I could do then. It's done. But the conversation I had with Mr. Ed... I got to say it was one of the funnest interviews I've ever done. Of course, I went into it with zero preparation, which who would have thunk with me, right? But it, I think it was a great interview. I really liked the guy. I want to meet it, him in person.
1: It was very interesting. And I think I think actually why it worked for that show was because the kind of um, values and the kind of the way that, uh, that Ed does business is is. It's kind of aligned to the way OWC does business. It does. You know, it's very much. It's very much. <coughs> you know, let's let's do the right thing by the customer, and the customer will do the right thing by us. Yes, and, but uh, it's also you know. the
0: way we record this podcast too, David. We're we're both liberal. We're both uh, for the people. We both have jobs, corporate jobs, right? But at the end of the day, it's about the people, right? For both of us, and. Those are the kind of values that we have, and it's refreshing to know that a 79-year-old guy who started his own business way back in the day ran that business with the same values that we have today. So we're really not that far from where we came from, are we? And and uh, and he's successful at it as well, which is is good to hear. Well, at least always, he was. Yeah. We, I yeah. don't know about you and I yet. Oh. We've only wait, done 215 wait. of these yeah. shows. And... <laughs> wait till we're 79, and then, then people can uh, can call us on it. <laughs> you know what? We're not that far off, David, I tell you. <laughs> All right, we're going to wrap up this episode. David, as always, super pleasure. Talk to you. I'll talk to you next week. Uh, definitely.